Good morning, everybody. Um, so, <laughs> um, so I have preached the last three years on Mother's Day. And up to this point, I have been very kind to all the men. And the messages have been for everyone. Today, this message is primarily going to be focused on the ladies. Men, you will definitely be able to take some stuff from it, but it's about the women. So men, we love you, we need you, and you all do great things, but today is not about you. Today is about all the women in your life. Women are amazing. We do great things. Any husband who has a wife and a functioning household knows that this is true. Women get things done. We are filled with love and compassion. We cultivate deep relationships. We take care of each other. We are aunties, we're sisters, we're mothers, we're friends. We play an equal and integral part in society and the world is better for us. But I also have news for you. Satan hates women. He hates us. He does not ever want us to realize who we are and what the world would look like if we realized the truth of what lies in us. He will do and has done everything in his power to diminish us, to hold us down, and to teach us to hold ourselves down. But what I want to do today is to empower you with the word of God, to know that those are lives, and that the truth and the power you need to make an impact in your families, with your friends, and in this world, it's already in you. It's there right now. And I do think that a lot of us know these things, but sometimes we just need a reminder. So let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much for every woman that's listening to this message. I pray that you would bless them. I pray that these words would go deeply into their spirits and that they would listen with their spirit and their minds and they would know that what I speak is from you and that these words are true. As I've mentioned, women are wonderful. But one of the tools that Satan has used uh, the most to attack us is this idea that we need to compare ourselves to each other or to the ideal woman. We are all so different, yet we have been taught to believe that one type is the best, that one type is attractive, and that one type is better than the rest. It's like we're seeing through a filter of lies. We compare how we look to each other all the time. We have been trained in this since the day we first started noticing the world around us. But today, I want to speak life to you. Genesis 1.27 said, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. The verse that's often used is Psalm 139.14. And the King James Version says, For I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Again, this is something that has become something that we just say to each other without really thinking about what it means. But we were talking in our home group the other night about looking up what the meaning of the Hebrew word is for things. So in this verse, I decided to look up what 
the Hebrew word for fearfully and made was. So the Hebrew word for fearfully is yare, and it means to fear, reverence, honor, and respect. And the word made is pala, and it means to be distinct, marked out, to be separated, to be distinguished. That does not sound to me like a one-size-fits-all carbon copy that God had in store for us when he made us. The idea that we just need to work harder to achieve this one thing or hate ourselves if we can't do it, it's a lie. We are fearfully and wonderfully made by the God of the universe. Don't dismiss this as what you always hear. Really let it sink in. Let it get into you. Listen, I want to be healthy. I want to be strong. I want to feel good. But I don't want how I feel to stop me from ever doing anything or to make me think negatively about another woman who I may perceive looks better than I do because we are created in the image of God. Jesus in you is what brings the beauty out. It truly has so little to do with what's actually going on the outside. How many times have you thought, oh man, the thing I love the most about Amanda is that she's beautiful. I'm going to suggest that never crosses your mind. Along with physical attributes, another way we can compare ourselves is by thinking that we have to fit our personalities into a box. I think a lot of women would say that they shy away from joining groups, doing activities, building friendships, because they feel like they don't fit there. Or people won't accept them, or they're too much of one thing, or they're not enough of another. This comparison holds us back in so many ways. And it stops us from being fully released into what God has for us. This is what I know. Half of Satan's goal is achieved by keeping us apart. Because if we are together, if we build each other up, if we help each other to become the spirit of God in human form, we are creating an army. Because what did I say earlier in the intro? Women get things done. And a group of women, look out. Ecclesiastes. 4, 9 to 12 says, two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can help reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. But how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. Women, let's stand back to back and side to side and help each other. If you are missing it in your life, go out and be it for someone else. If you need it, do it for someone else. And if Jesus wouldn't say it about them, you shouldn't either. And that goes for yourselves. Another lie we can sometimes believe is that we are bound by the opinions of man and we are somehow less valuable. There's a lot of talk in the world about the roles of women. Some are good, some are bad. I'm not here to weigh in on that. That's the world. What I want to do 
is to focus on what the Bible says. And it says that every single woman in the world is as valuable as any man. Galatians 3.28 says, There is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male and female, for you are all one in Christ. You are his heirs, and God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. It doesn't say, hey, women, you get the leftover promises. It says there isn't separation of male and female. We are all one in Christ. And truthfully, I don't need to argue with any man who has a different opinion than this to make my case, because that's been fought already. Sometimes as women, we've heard from men, and sometimes other women, things that make us feel less than, or not as important, or not as valued. And that verse clearly tells us that that's not true. And that is why we need to be so deeply rooted in our relationship with Jesus and how he sees us so that when these opinions come at us, we know what the truth is. We live in security and confidence of how we are viewed by the one who made us. Sorry, guys, I need to pull my hair up. Mike told me it wasn't windy this morning when we left the house. Another lie. No, wait, not another lie. So 1 Corinthians eleven twelve says, Nevertheless, in the Lord, woman is not independent of man, nor man of woman. For as woman was made from man, so man is now born of woman, and all things are from God. Men need women, women need men. And we all came from and need God. But women, be confident that your place here matters and your voice does too. Another lie is that we don't have anything to offer because we aren't that person. I just turned 40 and 40 is kind of in that middle zone. I'm not young anymore, but I'm also not older, I guess is what I'll say. Uh, but I've had a lot of friendships, I've had relationships, I've made smart decisions, and I've made dumb decisions. And I have walked with women through brokenness, abuse, pain, divorce, and I've heard other stories that I haven't been a part of, but that echo those things. And lately I've been really feeling like I want to have a conversation with every woman that feels broken, that feels shame that feels like their decisions or the decisions of others have trapped them, have isolated them, have broken them. And I want to speak the word of God, which is sharper than any two-edged sword that can slice through any barrier we have created with our actions or with the actions of others and tell you, you are free. You are free. 2 Corinthians 3.17 says, for the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. The Spirit of the Lord is not something that we are waiting to fall on us. It is in us. So you are free right now. You are not your mistakes. You are not what other people put on you. You are not the stupid decisions of yesterday, the pain of today, or the worry of tomorrow. 
you were bought by the blood of Jesus Christ. Romans 6, 8 to 11 says, Since we died with Christ, we know we will also live with him. We are sure of this because Christ was raised from the dead and he will never die again. Death no longer has any power over him. When he died, he died once to break the power of sin. But now that he lives, he lives for the glory of God. So you also should consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Jesus Christ. It is done. He is in you fully and completely. You are one with Jesus. You are not trapped no matter what your circumstance says. When you opened your arms and your heart and you said, Jesus, come and be Lord of my life, he came and he never left. We shut him out. We ignore his voice. We allow the voice of others to get in and overpower it, but he never leaves. If you want this to be true, you just need to ask him to come and then live in relationship with him every day. One of my favorite books uh, when I was a kid, it's from a series called The Archives of Anthropos. And it's kind of like the Narnian Chronicles. And it's in the second book where the characters are introduced to the Jesus character. And his name is Gaul. So there's two characters, there's two kids that are on a journey. And before they meet him face to face, they had just heard of him up to this point. They are on a mission to get through a forest that's enchanted. And one of the schemes to distract them from their mission is a tower. And the rule of the tower is you're not supposed to look at it. But as they go by, they can't help themselves, and they look. And then they start going towards it. And then they start running towards it. And then the next thing they know, they're climbing up the tower. And they get to the top of the tower, and then it collapses. And when they come to, they find themselves in a cage. And they're stuck. And after being imprisoned for a while, Gaul comes through the forest to meet them. And he asks if he can come into the cage. And they say yes. So he comes in. Then he talks to them for a while. And then he asks if they want to be free. And of course they say yes. And he says, be free. And the cage disappears. And he tells them to continue on their journey. But he says... Once you have been trapped in a cage of this sort, it's called a guilt cage, and you sometimes can get trapped in it, even when you haven't disobeyed instructions. What you do is to remember that I have set you free, free from all guilt cages. What you must do is to simply walk through the bars. Later on in their journey, they're starting to get anxious because they know they only have a certain amount of time to get through the forest. And they go to sleep in sheer exhaustion, and they wake up, and they find themselves in a cage again. And panic sets in. How is this happening? How did we get here again? But then they remember what Gal said. And even though they're scared, they take a deep breath, they ignore the bars, and they walk through. I can't tell you how many times in my life I've thought about this story. How many people can say they were set free by Jesus only to feel trapped later by circumstance, by anxiety, by worry, by stress, by people? One of my favorite scriptures is in Psalm 77 11. 
And David's speaking, and he's having a bit of a moment for himself. And he's filled with despair, and he's lamenting for a few verses that it feels like God has left him. And in verse 10, he says, This is my fate. The Most High has turned his hand against me. Who's ever felt that feeling? I 100% have. But the next verse, he says, But then I recall all you have done, O Lord. I remember your wonderful deeds of long ago. In Psalm 102.12, there's a similar situation. And David says in verse 11, I am withering away like grass. But the next verse he says, But you, O Lord, will sit on your throne forever. When I hear his anguish and his emotion and his loneliness pouring out of him, but in the next breath, hear him declare that he remembers what God has done and he knows that he's on his throne forever. It reminds me. I feel renewed because not only is God high on his throne, which is what gave David strength, but by the blood of Jesus Christ, he is in me. And he's in every other man and woman who recognizes him as Lord. Then I remember I am free. And then I walk through the cage. Galatians 4 and 9 says, So now that you know God, or should I say now that God knows you, why do you want to go back again and become slaves once more to the weak and useless spiritual principles of this world? Don't go back. Move forward. God is Jehovah Jireh, and it means the Lord will provide. This is not just talking about the things that we need to live. Sometimes we think of God providing financially or with food and clothing and a roof over our heads. That is true. But he provides everything that we need. If you are brokenhearted, if you're lonely, if you're anxious, he will provide for you. And I know that there is a desire in us to have these things filled by people because we were built for relationship. But seek first the kingdom of God and all of these things will be added unto you seek him first to fill every need you have and the rest will come don't ever look at Jesus as an also or as one of four buckets in your life that need to be filled he is the ocean dive in and let him envelop you with everything you need, the rest will come. Now, women, here is my close. I am feisty and passionate. I love sports, reading, TV. I don't really like to cook. I work. I'm a mom. I'm a sister. I, and I'm hopefully a good friend. I can be loud and dominant. I can be shy and introverted. I can get hangry and hurt and offended. These are things that are true of me. And you all have your own list that makes up you. And it's based on personality, lessons you've learned, time, experience, etc. Everybody has one. And sometimes we use that list to justify our actions. Sometimes we use it to hold us back, to spur us on to give us confidence, to define who we are. But the truth is, while those things may be part of us, they are not who we are. 
And that is the biggest thing that I want you to walk away with today. Through Jesus, we are not defeated, but we are victorious. We are more than conquerors. We are created in the image of God, and we are fearfully and wonderfully made. We are daughters of the King. We are full of authority and power and purpose. We are called for such a time as this. We can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. We are blessed when we go in and we are blessed when we go out. That list can go on and on. That is who we are. So men, build up the women in your life. Tell them what you see in them because of who they are in Christ. Don't let your stuff define them. Don't let your expectations of what you think a wife and a mother and a sister and a friend should be like. Jesus, remove the scales from our eyes. Right now, I want us to pray that we see every, every other woman and ourselves through the blood of Jesus Christ, how he sees us, because it is amazing and beautiful and worthy. And he sees us the same, whether we've put ourselves in a cage or not. He sees us as he made us. What we need to do is stand up and shake off the things that say we aren't that list and move forward in the power and authority that is already in us. Do you want to be a better mother? It's already there. He has given us everything we need. Rattle is still one of my favorite songs. And there's a part where it says, resurrection power runs in my veins too. And that is the truth. Romans 7, 38 says, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. The same spirit. So that means you don't need to look at me and say, oh, I wish I had this like Kristen. And I don't need to look at you and say the same thing. Because the same spirit is in all of us. And it is the one that raised Jesus from the dead. Let it light a fire inside of you. Because it lights one in me. We are more than conquerors. This world is not our home. This world is filled with lies and cages and things to make us believe there's only one type. We are all different. But we are all one. Women, be unleashed to move in one with Jesus Christ. You are already free. You just need to walk through the cage. So right now, I just want to speak blessing over you. Life to you. When you leave this parking lot today, you are carrying the power of the Holy Spirit in you. Let it fill you and change you. And in so doing, it will change the people around you. When the lies come that try to pull you back, you don't need to go into battle mode. You just need to say, no, it's finished. It has already been done. Thank you, Jesus, for every woman you have created. I pray that they would dive into the ocean that is true relationship with you. And they would shake off everything that tries to hold them back. And I pray that every man that has a woman in his life that they would see them as you see them, and that they would be blessed in their relationships. 
We love you and we honor you first and foremost. May that be true every day of our life. Amen. Maybe you're here today and, and you're realizing that you can identify with one of those two characters that felt trapped, were in that cage and held back. And whether it was guilt or whether it's stress or whether it's shame or what, whatever it is, whatever label you want to put on that, if you feel trapped this morning, the, the verse that she referenced about having everything that we need is 2 Peter 1.3. For his divine power has given us everything we need for life and for godliness. So that means that he's given you everything that you need as a believer in Christ to be able to do what it is that you're called to do and to do it in a godly way. And so if you feel you need one or two of those things or both of those things, it's already yours, number one. But number two, we want, we want to pray with you. We want to partner with you. We want to see God move in your life. And we all feel powerless. We all feel stressed. We all feel like we just don't have it at different times. And so we have some prayer people over here by the sheds, and they would love to see God move in your life. So you can just walk on over there right now, and you can receive prayer because they'd love to see God move in your life today. And so we're going to close the, the, the service and we're going to pray a blessing over you guys because, man, there is just so many different ways in which the world is trying to steal, kill, and destroy and that the enemy is trying to steal, kill, and destroy. Isn't that right? But we want to partner with life and blessing over you guys. Okay, so if, if you feel like one of those characters in, that Kristen referred to in her message, being trapped by that cage, guilt or shame or stress, please come and get some prayer ministry. We'd love to see God move in that area of your life. Let's close in prayer. Father, we thank you so much that you are with us, Lord, that you have given us everything we need for life and for godliness. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you have given us everything we need to do it in a godly way as well. Lord, we, we don't want to just give you lip service, but we want you to actually be Lord of every area of our lives. And so, Father, as we go about our days, Lord, may you remind us the different ways that, that you are Lord and that you can be Lord in our lives and in different areas that we maybe aren't thinking about or don't realize and so, Father, we, we, want to, we want to see you move in these areas in which we're stressed, in which we're guilty, in which we feel powerless. Because, Lord, you are omnipotent. You have limitless power. And so, Lord, we thank you so much that you have that power. You've given us access to that power. And, Lord, we, we pray, Lord, that, that we would tap into that power when we need it. We thank you so much, Lord, that you provide for us in every single way. And Lord, that, that you have given us a great family 
of, of wonderful believers that are championing us and that are cheering us on, that are helping us in these situations as well. And so, Lord, as we go about our days, be with us, guide us. And, Lord, I pray a blessing over every single person here that as they go, that they would walk in the confidence and the power that you provide. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much for coming, church. I hope you had a wonderful day today. Mothers, again, happy Mother's Day. And uh, just in case you didn't find out, in case you didn't weren't on Facebook yet, uh, there is no Arrow Kids today. So we had to, we're canceling Arrow Kids today. So if you were planning on coming to that, that's for ages kids ages six through eleven at three o'clock today. That's not on today. But again, Happy Mother's Day, and we have some uh, a, a small gift for all mothers. If you didn't get one, you can get one on your way out just out this way. Have a wonderful week. God bless you. Hey, thanks so much for joining us this morning at Living Hope Community Church. If you love what we're doing and want to partner with us as a ministry, you can go to livinghope-ca.org backslash give and choose a giving option that works best for you. Or if God did something in your life and you want to, we want to know about it. So if you can send us a quick email at amen at livinghope-ca.org. Again, thanks so much for joining us today. Have a great week.